0: Hi, Aaron Alcoholic. Today is a very late evening on June the 7th, and this is the Keep It Simple podcast, where the format is a reading and then a discussion on the topic generated by that reading linked to sobriety, recovery, or Alcoholics Anonymous, last episode and this episode are a slight change in that format where I will post, share with you a recording from a recent AA meeting from a woman this time a woman named Lynn who I've known for many years and I'll share with you her experience, strength and hope through her own journey with Sobriety and Recovery and Alcoholics Anonymous. The, the, if you're not familiar with the AA format, the, AA, the, the, the basic format of an AA meeting, a speaker will typically share for 10 to 15 minutes on what it was like, what happened, and what they're like now. <clears throat> and um, in that format, we get to hear a little bit about that person's experience, strength, and hope. So I hope that's helpful or interesting. To those that you're hearing this podcast and um, turn it over to Lynn.
1: Newcomers and happy birthday So all of you that are celebrating milestones in sobriety. Um, I was talking with Aaron just a little while ago on the way over to get uh, coffee and I'm remembering um, what it was like um, when I could not get sober. Mm-hmm. And what I was flashing on was... Um, how my problems today, even when I'm so wrapped up in them that I don't think that I'm going to make it, like I'm not gonna make it through whatever the problem is, um, is nothing compared to um, not being able to stop drinking. Um, So I'm just gonna, I'm going to do my best to keep it simple. I am setting a little timer because I tend to to talk a lot. I got you. Oh, thank you. you. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so what it
0: was like to happen and what it's like now. Um,
1: I grew up in a household where there wasn't any alcohol at all, um, because my grandfather um, had died, my, my father's father had died of alcoholism before I was born. and So what was weird was my parents divorced when I was 13, and all of a sudden I was around a bunch of people where there was alcohol, and the very first time that I drank, um, I blacked out. So when people talk in Alcoholics Anonymous about there being some kind of line, you know. Like, there was no line for me. I, I didn't know, as a matter of fact, I was around people um, and I was laughing because I said, oh my God, like a second ago, I was on, I was on the other side of the space and now I'm over here. And somebody's like, that's actually not funny. Like that's a, that's a sign of alcoholism. Um, anyway, over the, over the period of years um, when I was a teenager, a lot of things um, happened to me and I thought that um, why, I didn't like how I was when I was drinking. Um, I'm not a fun, I'm not a fun drunk. I'm kind of bummed that I'm not a fun uh-huh. drunk, like because uh, when I was when I first started drinking and I thought um, this would be this is something social to do and I'm not a particularly social person by nature, um, but I'm uh, I say everything that I think uh, and a lot of it's really. I'm um, <laughs> really angry, um, and I didn't know that I was angry, because I, I don't feel angry, and I would express this uh, in, in all kinds of ways. Um, so, uh, drugs are part of my story. Um, uh, when, I discovered, um, when I discovered them, I thought, okay, this is a relief because um, I don't want to be the person that I am when I'm drinking. Imagine how pissed I was when, years later, I was unable to stop drinking, because from my perspective, that wasn't my drug of choice. Um, But anyway, I had a series of um, experiences where um, I had alcohol poisoning. um, I refused treatment. Depression and kind of like being separate from everybody is a big part of my story Uh, growing up and lasted into the beginnings of sobriety. Um, AA is the first place where I found in a group of people that I could relate. Um, So what happened to me at 17, uh, I went to, um, I I had alcohol poisoning, almost died. I woke up and I I couldn't believe that I was still alive because I didn't want to be alive. I had heard that if you took pills with alcohol, there was a risk that you could die. So I was constantly doing that on purpose. And then when I would come to, I was just like, I, I, don't, I don't know what else to do because uh, I'm at the end. And I had, a, I had a spiritual experience where I was relieved of all of my addictions at one time. <coughs> I was to add all of those addictions back and then have to go through, uh, <laughs> to go through getting sober the other way. Um, so at the, at, the t- at the time though, it was real for me. The emotion the, um, the spiritual experience was real. I had no addictions, and I was invited to an AAV in support of one of my friends. She actually knew that I was an alcoholic. She's an Al-Anon, um, and she just said, will you go to support me? And I'm, of course, for somebody else I can do it. Um, just hearing how people felt in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, all of a sudden I realized that what people had been saying to me all along, I, I had these like, so I can hear, I can't see what was happening. And I'll hear somebody saying, you know, you know, Lynn, you're, you're an alcoholic. And I would scream, and I'm, why does everybody keep saying that? Uh, and people would say to me, if everybody is telling you the same thing, don't you think you should probably listen? And I'm like, no. Uh, people are, are assholes, and there is, a, there is an agenda. People that say things that want to hurt me, I have no time for that. And so the way that I treated my drinking was to keep it. Uh, hidden, um, purely because I didn't want to be judged. I thought, if you don't drink the way that I drink, I don't know why you don't, but I don't want any part of it. Um, so I had a spiritual experience, and um, I discovered I was an alcoholic. But because I no longer had that daily drinking, I thought I didn't need to go to AA. So I didn't. Um, I ended up, I went back to, I didn't mention the parts like it dropped out of high school. I went back to high school. I graduated with my class. Um, But I could feel myself like dying inside. I didn't know what was wrong because I didn't understand what alcoholism is. Um, And I didn't know that I needed treatment in that kind of way. And so though I was going to church, I was hearing, I was hearing things at church, but what was happening is my hearing shifts. Something about about the way that normal people do life, I don't get it. And so I'm going to church, I'm doing everything that I think is the right thing to do and I'm dying. I don't know why I'm dying, but I start looking for the next way out. So um, I got married. Um, and, and he knew my story, but he's not an alcoholic. And so as, I st- as my, my willpower started breaking down, it's not, it's not even willpower, it's just a desperation. I needed something to take the edge off. That's it, I gotta take the edge off. And I would say, I need a break. That's what I would say before as I was setting myself up to drink again. Um, and because I was married, you know, it was, very, it was very proper. You know, he has a job and we, it's like normal, we're trying to do normal life, but I have to take the edge off. So drinking was legal, so that's what I go back to. Um, I'm a binge, blackout drinker. And so I was able to, um, I would drink for a time period, have some kind of horrible experience, i go through DTs again, um, I'd end up in the emergency room, um, all kinds of spontaneous uh, physical reactions because I would drink so intensely while I was drinking. And um, ultimately, uh, you know, I remember the, the last time, the night of my last drunk, um, I can hear, he stayed with me as I went through withdrawals again. And he said, you know, you've got to stop drinking. And for the first time in my life, I said, um, I can't. Like, I, I had finally gotten to the place where I actually could not stop drinking. Um, and I said, but I know what to do. Because I had been talking to a couple people from my past life. There are no coincidences. Like if you're hearing it within the sound of my voice, um, it's not about me. It is that there aren't, co- there, there aren't coincidences in this experience. There was a person that i had started calling to set up a side story meaning i needed to stay in my life i have two kids and a husband and i need to i need to do that but i've got to take the edge off so i start setting up this side story well this person that i had known from 20 years prior um, in the last 10 years had become sober himself and so he starts talking to me about being sober well all of a sudden my desire to set up this side story totally changed focus and I'm like, tell me about this because he was happy, and this is this is the key, um, is that this man was never happy. He didn't drink when I knew him, but he was just, and I, and I liked that. I would call him up because he was just an asshole, right? And so I need that kind of like frictional relationship where I talk to him and I would think, God, you're a jerk, and I would be a jerk, and and that's. But I'm talking to him and he's happy, and I said, what is wrong with you? I guess I I called him partly for that and to set up a situation. And he said, I've been in um, Alcoholics Anonymous for the last 10 years, and it has completely changed my life. And so over the period of two weeks, he just talks AA to me. Now I know that he he was 12-stepping me. He did not know that he was 12-stepping me. He was sharing experience, strength, and hope. And so in that moment when I I can't see and I can hear my husband saying to me, you've got to stop drinking. I say, I can't, but I know what to do. This was on a Friday. I call Alcoholics Anonymous on Saturday and And I said, um, I just want to know, you know, where's their meeting? (coughs) And they said, oh, there's there's a meeting today. I'm like, I'm like, let's not, I'm not in a hurry. Okay. (laughs) Uh, And so, so I got a meeting, a meeting booked for that Monday. Somehow I did not drink in those two days because I had been drinking continuously for about four months at that point. And I went to my first AA meeting. uh, It was a noon women's meeting. And I was looking around the room, and I thought, I don't, I, I don't relate to these people at all. These women were happy, and I was not happy. Um, I was very angry, and uh, I don't want to be an alcoholic. And um, let me just check my time. We're
0: doing good. Seven okay. minutes. Okay, thank you.
1: Okay, so basically, um, I want to speed it up a bit because I've been sober for a time now. And what, what happened is I. I initially didn't hear the things like you get a sponsor um, that you work the steps with that sponsor you work the steps in order uh, (coughs) that is following simple instruction i am not good at following simple instruction Um, i was told my whole life that i was very responsible Um, but every time i hear now um, that we're responsible that we're uh, carrying the message to the alcoholic who still suffers something that has transferred in me is that um, that is my primary purpose, is to stay sober and to help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. And that's in any way, shape, or form. It's to be of service, because at any given time, I don't necessarily know that I am communicating with another alcoholic. Sometimes we recognize each other. Do you know what I mean? We're just out. out in the room, I'm like, oh, I see you. Um, <laughs> but um, being sober um, initially... I was going to one meeting a week, and then the weeks were feeling longer and longer. I didn't hear, like, they su- the suggestion is to go to like 30 meetings in 30 days. I didn't hear that. Um, but what I was experiencing was I go to a meeting, I feel different, and then the weeks getting longer and longer, so I wanna go to more meetings. And so I started going to meetings all over the place. And then I got, a, I, I did a thing um, that I didn't know was a thing, I did one, two, three, steps one, two, and three, new sponsor. Steps one, two, and three, new sponsor. And I I kept saying it's because I want to work a fourth step and and they're not moving along fast enough. Uh, I didn't know that I was avoiding my fourth step. Um, It was very difficult to write a searching and fearless moral inventory. Um, For me, uh, my view of the things that people had actually harmed me, um, I was very, defiant about that. I was like, really, what's my part in that? And my sponsor was like, why don't you write the fourth step? You <laughs> know, you write out the columns. Rodney, who happens to be um, Aaron's dad, um, I met at a meeting one time, and I had been talking about how hard I was trying. And he says, he comes up to me after the meeting, he said, you've been saying for weeks that you're working on it. Set a timer for 10 minutes. You put the pen to paper. That's actually how you do it. There's no, there isn't a thought process involved. You sit down and you start writing your fourth step. And you continue writing until you're done. Um, My sponsor gave me a deadline, which really helped me. Um, She told me years later that she didn't think I was going to show up. (laughs) I'm really grateful in Alcoholics Anonymous that I get what I need here. Um, Because if I had known that she thought I might not show up, I wouldn't have shown up. Um, Because it was was a terrifying prospect to reveal all this about myself. But it really did lead to the path to be able to acknowledge then how I harmed people. And then to make amends, um, that ability to live freely and to look other human beings in the eye um, is one of the greatest gifts that I experienced. Um, I'm just going to end on the, um, I had an experience with, um, my amends list, my amends list was huge. Um, and I was committed to making all of them. I had gotten the list whittled down. I had just a few remaining from my original, my original list. And um, I got a phone call from my mom. My mom still lives. Um, I'm from, uh, back from, uh, from New York. And um, My mom called me and there was a person that I had known as a teenager. Um, it was basically one of those things where I thought I was never going to have an opportunity to make amends to this person. And my mom had run into his mom, and, you know, and he's in the hospital. So I thought, okay, well, I committed to this. I talked with my sponsor. How was the approach? Called him and said, uh, I made my mens. Um He had been in a coma uh, because a lot of us that were alcoholics back in the day, uh, uh, there were people who, who died through this. There were people who didn't make it. He had just come out of a coma um, very close to dying, and now he's 15 years um, sober and one of the things that he came back to me with was that it was, a, it was a transforming moment for him like the fact that we had reconnected after all those years and that was our that is our connecting point was alcoholism um, so it's a it's been a profound experience for me to be um, again in a, in a group of people that um, there's a phrase in the, in the big book about people who would not normally mix that is our that's one of our greatest strengths we're literally everywhere in the world um, Anyway, I've I've had amazing opportunities, and like I said, as bad as things get now, it is nothing compared to when I couldn't stop drinking, and this was this was a uh, it's been a transformative experience. I want to thank you all for being here. Um, um, I was thinking that the topic.
0: Um... So I've known Lynn for quite a while, quite. A- in a number of years and um, she's part of my father's fellowship that's how she came into my my circle i guess Uh, some of you have heard me talk about my dad he's in he's an alcoholics anonymous Um, he was getting sober when i was starting to drink Poor him and uh, you know he never really told me what to do (laughs) Uh, drinking or sober just that kind of, that kind of guy, that kind of, yeah, that kind of guy. In any case, um, Lynn's got a great message. Uh, I think she has a valuable message to uh, women in AA. I'm a firm believer of uh, men, men stick with the men and women stick with the women, uh, if only to just avoid any complications. Uh Romantic or otherwise. So that's about it for tonight. I'll end the episode with my regular invitation that if you're hearing this podcast and you'd like to share your thoughts, feelings, or ideas on this topic of sobriety, recovery, or Alcoholics Anonymous, or on what you heard in the uh, in the talk tonight or what you didn't hear, you can send me a one-minute voicemail or a series of one-minute voicemails on the Anchor mobile app. Where this podcast is recorded you can also email me at aaron A R O N B C like bravo charlie at yahoo.com and you could even record a beef uh, voice memo on your mobile phone or something like that and send that along to the same email address all right folks take it easy